In this episode of Turn On The Podcast, we talk, and we, meaning me, and all the different parts that make me up, are talking when it all becomes boring. Stay tuned. Turn On The Podcast. Turn on your relationships, your parenting, your love, your sex. Turn on your career, your money, your work, your business, your passion, your success. But mostly, turn on to you. Just before we get into it, we want to let you know that you can find and work with us at studiochi.com.au. For facilitation, coaching, speaking and acupuncture, Skype and in-person clinic sessions. Go to studiochi, S-T-U-D-I-O-Q-I.com.au. And don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. We really appreciate it. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to episode 146 of Turn On The Podcast. I'm Brad Fennell. And there is no Tabitha Fennell just this week because she's not feeling 100%. But I couldn't go another week without bringing you something. So I'm going to jump on here and share with you something that I think can make a radical difference. Because this week we're talking when it all becomes just that little bit boring. And the truth is, at some point... It will all become boring. And I really like the way this was spoken about in Castaneda's work when he called it the four, I think it's the four enemies of knowledge. And the fourth enemy is that of old age, which was spoken about a little bit. And it really is about the concept of this old age that can hit you, that can solidify you at any time. You don't have to be 80. You can be 22, you could be 32, you could be 72, who knows? But old age, it can get you. And actually, at some point, it's coming for all of us. And what happens with old age? What happens? In a sense, we start to notice that things don't quite do it for us the way they used to do. Do things don't excite us the way they used to, and I think, I think we can all kind of identify and understand this—that feeling of I used to be really into that. I used to really love doing that thing, and maybe I still do it, but maybe it doesn't quite do it for me the way it did. When you feel like you've kind of lived your life, you've lived kind of the life in its sense out of life and what the hell do you do then well Castaneda's work in a sense says in that moment you have to die there's nothing else that you can do there's no other way through old age other than a full-blown death now mostly that's a metaphor because you know if you're dead you're dead but We want to actually create the phoenix rising, coming back up. We want a rebirth here. Because if you fully die to the moment to yourself, 
to your everyday self. There's an opportunity for a, a rebirth, a growing, a new part of you that's creative and alive and wants to share life again with you. Because here's really the fundamental truth about dreaming is it wants to keep your life interesting. Um, Jung spoke about this uh, in his memoir where he spoke about a dream that he had where he walked into a church and uh, there was no crucifix. There was none of the traditional church features, but there was a person in lotus position sitting there, cross-legged, meditating. And Jung became interested in this and in the dream looked in looked more closely and what he noticed was that this person in the lotus position was himself and he realized in that moment when that man, that being that was in that lotus position stops dreaming that his life will end, that his life, this life that we're living was actually getting created from the dreamer. And when the dreamer awakens, his life would end. And I think it's such a radically incredible story because it allows us to really access our life rather than going, I'm living my life and then I have these weird dreams, to actually there's a dreaming going on in the background. There's something trying to happen to me here. And if you don't follow this, if you don't follow your dreaming, at a certain point, it's going to come and slap you. And I know I felt this all my life, in a sense, being slapped by my own dreaming when I take it too seriously, when I get caught in the everyday, when I get bored. It comes and slaps me to bring life back to me. And I think th this is really big because... This actual effect happens to us every day because mostly, mostly, we sleep through the night every single day. Well, occasionally you don't. I get it. We go out and we miss that sleep. But in a sense, in saying that, have you ever noticed when you go without sleep, you become a little more dreamy? You become a little closer to your dreams? I remember doing like... Um, 90 hour weeks working when I was first left school in hospitality and most of the week I felt like I was more in a dream getting two hours of sleep a night but I wasn't fully of this world and that's interesting because our dreaming is coming for us and in our nighttime dreams we are not just this person that we think we are we're sexy and we're dangerous and we're terrifying and we're all these other things that we push away and pretend that we're normal and we're decent. And, of course, that's true too. Of course we're normal and decent. I'm not knocking that. That's like, that has a place. That's a part 
of who we are and we can love that part, but it's not our wholeness and our wholeness wants us to discover all these parts. It's like the little you, the childlike you is dominating the show that is standing up and behaving and putting on, putting on its tie and tucking in its shirt and looking decent to the world. Again, that's okay. But there's this other part to you that is calling for you too, that is a little more wild. And we access that. Yeah, we access that in all the inappropriateness of our dreams. The people that we play in our dreams. And then we wake in the morning. And as quick as we can, we re-identify ourselves and we put ourselves back together. Back together. I'm my everyday self. So no one gets upset with me because they know who I am. The last thing I can do is bring too much change. Maybe even this podcast today is pissing you off. Like, where's Tabitha? I love her. Me too. And where is she today? But the dreaming said, we had a bunch of dreams. And she actually said to me, you jump on, you do this. Let's not wait any longer. And so we had to trust the dreaming and trust the change. But that's irrelevant because just an example of of change and how we often don't like it, that we don't like the change that is trying to happen within us, the thing that is trying to happen to us. And so we push away from that. And as quickly as we can, as I said, we re-identify ourselves and we bring ourselves back to the person that we think we have to be. We just do it again and again. We wake up every morning and do the same thing. And yes, we do it for ourselves, but we do it for others because people have a dreaming that tries to lock us into, into the way we used to be, just like this podcast. Maybe it's like, I don't like it. I prefer it with two of you. Good for you. But we get dreamt up into that. And we're not free to be the person that we're really called to be. That we can't at the very least bring a little bit of that, the mood and the experience and the feeling of that nighttime dream. Huh. Maybe I need a little bit more of this too. Maybe I need to bring a little more of, oh, I actually feel a little wild. Maybe you feel into your dream and you you feel a little different. Your posture changes and you look a little more crazy and you're like, who is this person? This is interesting. Could this person also be of value to me? If I feel into this, is this sometimes needed? This part of me too? Maybe my everyday self isn't me. It's a part of me. Learning to behave is okay. Again, as I often say, we're not anti that. I'm not anti that. But it's not all of who you are. And at some point, you're craving and you're being called to access something a little bit more. Your dreaming is calling to you. 
You know, the four enemies before old age, we hit fear. We hit fear, fear of change, fear of being different, fear of not being liked. And we, in a sense, have to step into that and do it. And that's not always something we or everyone likes, but we have to do that. And when we do that, we have a new experience. And the next enemy comes up from that, which is clarity. And we're clear. Ha, I had this big experience and I stepped into it. And now I'm clear about my life and my way and how everybody else, sometimes everybody else's life and everybody else's way. But that too takes us out. That takes us away and becomes an enemy because fundamentally we need to have a beginner's mind. We need to be able to step into this world not knowing. We need to be able to step into this world empty so we can look at it with fresh eyes. And when we drop clarity and we see the world for how it really is, we become new again. We become alive. But clarity then brings up the enemy of power, feeling powerful. I know this experience well, the feeling of power and the feeling of if I'm rock climbing and I get a problem and I'm just like, look at me, I'm powerful. I can do it. And then I do another one, the style with bouldering. You're going to fail all the time. It's just the way it is. It's the style of climbing. You have to fail. Certain types of rock climbing, you don't want to fail because you only fail once. You're dead. But bouldering, particularly indoors, is a little different. Sometimes outdoors too with mats and things like this is a little bit different. But it's a great metaphor, the metaphor of the fail. And I feel disempowered in that moment. I feel disempowered because I don't have power. I thought I had power and then I don't. And old age comes along and, you know, when I was 20 I was strong. But now I'm a little bit older. I don't feel so much power. I don't feel so powerful. And so power can take us out. And we hit the final enemy of wisdom and awareness of old age when we feel like it has all been done. And that is the death, the rebirth into a new you, which often hits us in the second half of life. Of course, why the hell do we have these strange occurrences where people have, in a sense, menopause and midlife crises because there's a rebirth that is trying to happen in the background? And again, this doesn't have to happen around that 50 mark. This can happen at any time in your life when death comes to advise you that maybe there's another way to be, that there's a dreaming behind you that wants you to experience what it too has for you, that your life can be interesting. Why not? Because that's what's going on in the background. That's the experience 
that you're here to really have. Of course, the first half of life is about you know, family and houses and success. And we feel this when we're young. It's like, you know, I want to make a killing. I want to be rich and I want to be powerful. And that's true. But then as you get closer to the end of your life, you start to realize that we're all losers, that we're all going to lose everything. We're going to lose those that we're close to. We're going to lose all those things we've collected. And the only thing that we really have left to hold on to is the work that we've done, the person that we've become, the person that we're here to be. And we only really discover that by connecting to the loser in us. That We can relax back and we don't get so tight, that we don't hold on to those early powers. We don't squeeze the life out of ourselves holding on to those early powers because there's a different way for you to be. There's a different way that your life is fundamentally calling you. And you have to be ready to change. You have to be ready to go up against the other dreaming that people have for you. You know, when you're young, your parents, they're like, this is what we want for you. Sometimes you behave. But then there's a little rebellion that comes out in those teenagers that say, I don't want to play your way. And that pops up in other times of your life. And of course it doesn't always work when you're purely a rebel, when you're just rebelling against the status quo. If there's something in that and you can explore and you can unfold and you can open that. I had this realization inside myself. I could feel this nervousness inside myself and I went into it. I was like here and there and pushing from one place to the other. And if I really followed that, if I followed that experience of, where do I go? I'm going here and there. And, and, and I noticed, who does that disturb? What part of me doesn't like that? And it's a part of me that says, contain yourself. Stay contained. And then I started to realize as these two parts dance together that I actually like pushing up against the kind of the boundaries, the edges up against my own inner comfort zone where I get to play and dance. And I think this may not just be for me, but actually all these parts, the parts, the rebel, may actually just want to dance. We may just need constriction so we can fully dance. The one that wants to be free needs to feel constriction so it can fully dance. So it can push up against the other. And so we dance, but this time we bring awareness. So it's not just a rebellion that has no real deeper meaning, but a rebellion for our own spirit, for our own deeper nature, where we push up and we play and knowing that we're going to fail and laughing all the way because that's going to create the change that's going to unfold that's going to 
deconstruct the mundane, it's going to stop things from becoming boring. Because there's so much more in you. You too, my friend, are a mystery. There's a mystery that is inside of you that is waiting to be experienced and to be set free. And so we have to set it free and we have to play and we have to explore more of who we are. You don't have to do this out in the world. You can do this privately. You can unfold this and you can practice it. But you have to do it for yourself. And you don't have to do anything. You can choose your own way. But there is a way inside of you that you had a contract to dance with that is calling up inside of you. That wants to be free, that is a myth, that is your river, that is your way, that is your own unique Taoist way, that is your nature, that I often would say is a little more wild, that is a little less civilized, and is a little more you. Hmm. So there it is. How to get out of boredom. How to not feel the entrapment of this world, which we are in a sense trapped in of gravity and life itself and the boundaries that come here being human. But we access more of our mystery, more of our self that isn't so contained. And we start to bring that to the world because that makes things more fun. And that's the way we get to play. I hope today that this brought some value to you. Tabitha will be back next week and I'm guessing, I'm guessing. And I won't have brought too much change here for you, but I brought just enough, just a flavor, just a taste so you can start to bring a little more change to your life and to your way of being. As always, thank you for being part of Turn On The Podcast. Um, Love and appreciate you all. And we shall see you next week. Until then, bye. And don't forget, you can work with us. Go to studiochi.com.au. S-T-U-D-I-O-Q-I.com.au. And subscribe and share us with your friends. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm.